Welcome to the Dan Moves, Eats and Learns podcast, episode three. Um, and this week I am going to be talking about the first time I did the Three Peaks Challenge. And we will get to that very soon. It does very briefly, if you haven't heard of it before, involve scaling the three tallest peaks in England, Wales and Scotland over an intended 24-hour period. But we'll come to that shortly. The podcast itself, this is episode three, which might be confusing if you are watching this on YouTube because this is the first episode that is actually going to be on YouTube. So don't go looking for episodes one and two here on my channel because it won't be. However, if you do want to listen to episodes one and two, just head over to one of your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, uh, Audible, Amazon Music, or Spotify, of course, and you can find them there. Um, but here we go on episode three. So this is a bit odd for me because I'm staring into a camera as opposed to just chatting away, looking wherever I fancy. Um, Dan's Moves, Eats and Learns podcast is about the three things which have been most important to me throughout my life and given me the most rewarding times when I looked back. I thought I'd have a go at this podcasting thing and those were the three things that I thought were ever present throughout my days. Um, so movement, usually in the form of exercise or physical challenge, has always been one of the most rewarding things I've done and it makes me feel good and helps my well-being and mental health. And food has always been present, uh, sometimes as a challenge to eat a little bit better, sometimes absolutely obsessively eating nutritionally, and other times completely giving up and eating the most awful uh, heart attack inducing food I could possibly find. And learning. Uh, I've always enjoyed learning about new things, always listening to audiobooks, podcasts, reading things on Wikipedia that interest me. I've got lists of notes on my phone and I've got loads of tabs open that I can't possibly close because I may one day want to learn about those things again. Um, I should probably go through and get rid of the ones I haven't looked at for over a year, really. But today, you are joining me here to talk about the Three Peaks Challenge. Now, I've often at times decided to do things without much... Uh, without much thought about how it's going to work or the consequences thereof. Um, the previous episodes I did involved a movement thing, an eating thing, a learning thing. This one is going to combine all three because I've got the, the act itself of doing the three-peak challenge, which we'll get on to shortly. And then we've got the kind of food that I ate, which I thought actually was quite relevant because I think it probably impacted on what on how the whole experience went, and then the, the learning from it. So some of that was the importance of sometimes stepping forward and just having a go at something without factoring the consequences, but also the importance of planning. And the two things didn't really go together, as you will see, but there we go. So I was sitting in a pub um, about 12 years ago, there was, um, there was one I used to go every Tuesday night, I think it was, I used to go play poker. And I ended up sitting next to a, a friend of one of the regulars. And he had just done the Three Peaks Challenge. And obviously we're sitting next to each other, having a couple of beers, playing cards. So we chat about whatever. And this comes up and he told me about it. So this is what the Three Peaks Challenge is that I learned about in a slightly drunken, jovial haze. You've got uh, Snowdon in Wales. Uh, which is the tallest peak in Wales. Then you've got Scarfell Pike, which is the, the highest peak in England, but the shortest of the three. And then you've got Ben Nevis, the tallest of the three, up in Scotland, which is, which is I want to say about 4,000 feet. I should have looked this up before doing this, really, but it's quite high. 
The aim is to drive between each and scale each. And it's not, we're not talking about mountaineering, especially here, but we'll go through that. Mostly it's just walking, I say just walking. Um, it gets quite steep in patches and it is quite relentless in places. But And the aim is to do all three within a 24 hour period. I think technically you do what's called touching water. So there's a body of water at the base of uh, Snowdon or kind of at the base of Snowdon and um, just a short way from Ben Nevis. And the idea is to touch water, scale each peak and then touch water in 24 hours. So it is actually quite challenging to do. Back along, it was perhaps a little bit easier um, a few decades back because road traffic wasn't so wasn't so bad. But one of the hardest things was uh, is the amount of road traffic. So this chap I was sitting with explained all this to me, and I think the traditional route which he did was from Ben Nevis down to Snowdon. So Ben Nevis, Scarfell Pike up in the Lake District, and then down to Wales for Snowdon. And he'd done it, and he thought it was great, and he was telling me how exciting it was and what a great achievement it was. So of course. This is all going around my head. And at that time, uh, it was before I had children um, and I had a bit of freedom, I guess. And I was quite into my walking, so I was doing a lot of walking. And I just thought, that just sounds fantastic. So the next day I was uh, there on Google looking up this and I just thought, this just looks like something that I could do. I also thought it was probably something I could just go off and do in a weekend. So I went home, I think, and told my other half, I thought, I'm going to go do this, uh, this three peaks. Um, I don't think she really got what it was about, which is probably a good thing, because I think she would have been more worried had she had the full lowdown of, uh, of what it involved. So I decided basically in what would have been about a week and a half's time to go off and do the three peaks challenge. And I could do this, I figured, on a weekend, just go off on a, on a Sunday morning. I think I booked Monday off work. I'm fairly sure I did because I'm sure I did it on a Sunday. I need to dig out my old uh, scribbles about it. So I spent, so I found out about it, inspired in a drunken haze by what this guy is telling me. think it sounds fantastic. Read a bit about it, people who've done it, uh, a bit of guidance on it, on how to do it. And I think that I can do this. I ordered, um, I ordered a book and a, I think a compass and a couple of OS maps on, uh, from Amazon. Um, I'm looking at these. My experience with compasses and OS maps is poor. I got lost on Dartmoor. I got lost in the Lake District. I don't know why I thought I wouldn't get lost while trying to do the three peaks. Um, so there I was and I've got these maps and I've worked it out and I've got a little book, little tiny book about um, a guy who'd done guided, guided tours around mountainous areas around the UK. Um, and I'm thinking this is, I can do this. So I didn't, for some reason I didn't have a car at the time so I rented a car. So we're at the stage where I've just gone, I'm going to do this thing. Most people do some training beforehand. Uh, most people have a plan. Most people do it as a group thing. I'm in my head. I'm just like, I'll just go and do this on my own. So I rented a car and off I went. Um, and I'm very sorry to the rental company because it probably wasn't very tidy when, when I got back. So headed off one sunny, uh, sunny Sunday morning and I headed off to Snowdon. Now, most people start at Ben Nevis and work down. Ben Nevis being the probably the most arduous of the three because it just kind of goes on forever and it's the tallest. Um, but I'm somewhat impatient. So I decided Snowdon was the nearest one. So I should start there. It seemed like a fantastic idea. Anyway, driving from uh, Weymouth, which is in the middle of the south coast of England, to Snowdon, which is kind of... Is it North Wales? It, it's, it's very much into Wales. So it's quite a long drive. I honestly couldn't even, I think I left about 7.30 and I think I ended up with traffic. I got there about 
about 2, 2.30, I think I started. Um, I think I scribbled in a book, it was about 3.30. So I decided to go on what was the uh, one of the, the better routes, which is the going up the pig track. It's also one of the shortest ones. There's a car park there, no parking, so I parked down the road. Um, I had a, I'd had a headache come on. And so I know it doesn't seem to happen now, but I used to get migraines uh, at times. And, and one of these had sort of come on and it was really quite uncomfortable, but it was a beautiful day and I was, I'd got there and I was excited to start the, uh, the first of these, um, these routes. Now, this is where diet possibly uh, factors in. Um, I was feeling fairly invulnerable, perhaps, at the time. I was a bit younger and a bit more foolish. So um, having a regular drink was part of my life. Uh, not so much, I do enjoy a beer now, but not so much as I did. Um, and I also smoked at the time, so I don't know if I can talk about that on YouTube these days, but I did. Um, and I had a lot of coffee and energy drinks, and then and junk food from, uh, from cafes. I don't think, I think apart from a bit, bit of flapjack from my mum, it was basically just junk food, energy drinks, coffee, and bottles of water. Um, so this may, may have contributed towards me then having a migraine by the time I get there. So off I go, head's a bit banging, but lovely, beautiful blue sky. Snowden on a beautiful blue sky, sunny day is fantastic. Um, the path is pretty good. There are a couple of bits, as I found out years later, when we tried to do, well, we don't try to, we did do. We did the three peaks again with a group of us, and it was in the wind and the rain if you go up Snowdon. Now, people think it, it's a tourist attraction, it is. People think you can just have a little wander up and you'll be fine. But there was, there was people who got lost up there when we were there. And to be honest, we almost took the wrong turn. I think that was really more my fault than anyone's. Um, but it's not a straightforward route. However, on a lovely sunny day with lots and lots of people also going up there, you just follow the herd. And I wandered on up and it was, it's mostly, mostly a fairly easy walk. So it took a couple of hours, I think, to get up there. Now, I got up there, took a photo, da-di-da, um, stopped for a moment, had a little bite to eat, whatever snack I had in my bag, had a bit of water, and headed back down, because, of course, I'm on this 24-hour plan to try and do it in 24 hours. On the way down, I had this weird thing. So my migraine had sort of drifted off, but um, I realised I, I jumped a couple of times, and I couldn't quite work out what was going on. Um, then I worked it out. I had a slight blurring of my vision just over here. And what had happened is through the migraine, um, I'd lost my peripheral vision over here. So I was doing this, I probably looked like a right weirdo. I was moving my fingers around here and now I can see both my fingers. But what was happening then was I was getting the finger to here before I could see it. And then I realized then honestly, you try walking along with no peripheral vision on one side. It's especially when that side is the drop um, off the path you're walking on. It's really disconcerting. So I got back to the car eventually. Um, and I think probably, I, I got up and down pretty quick. So it, it's probably seven or eight o'clock, something like this. I can't remember exactly. Um, but judging by what time I got to the Lake District, it must, I can't have left much, much after eight o'clock. So. so I get in the car and off I go. Um, it gets dark and I'm driving up some motorway somewhere and I can just remember just, I, now, don't do what I did, okay? Of course, now I'm driving, as you, you may have clocked, with no peripheral vision on this side, and we're obviously right-hand drive cars, so I can't, I have to, to check if there's any cars 
that way. I can't just like have a little peek out the corner of my eye. I'm physically having to turn my whole head, which isn't the safest way to drive. And it's really foolish and I shouldn't have done it. But there we go. Here we are today. So I pull over because by this point, not only is my peripheral vision funny, I, my head is pounding. Um, obviously, my solution to that was to drink more Red Bull. Um, there are other energy drinks available and to eat crap. So this was uh, this was not a good solution. I pull over in a car park and I'm almost to the point of tears. It was really uncomfortable. And I'm thinking already I've done one one of the peaks and I haven't even made midnight on the first day. And I'm thinking uh, this is just yeah, I can't do this. So I sort of leave my I, I pull over in a car park, leave my head there and I have a little rest about 20 minutes. Didn't manage to sleep because, of course, I'm buzzing with caffeine and sugar and, and fat. So that 20 minutes just it just was enough just to 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 sort me out a little bit so then I take the more sensible approach and drink some water I think I stopped and got something a bit more sensible food wise like a sandwich um, and headed on up to the uh, back into the Lake District the Lake District is possibly one of those beautiful places in the the whole of England and the UK um, although the Highlands of Scotland are pretty fantastic there's lots of fantastically beautiful places in the UK but it, the Lake District is very special so I get up there, I find the, uh, all these windy roads in the dark with other cars flying around the Lake District at stupid o'clock at night. Um, and around midnight, uh, maybe half past midnight, I find the car park at Wasdale Head. Now, Wasdale Head is where you, you can start off for Scarfell Pike. Now, whereas um, Snowdon and Ben Nevis especially are very clearly mountains, you're going up a mountain and if you were looking from a distance it looks like a mountain. Scarfell Pike doesn't really look like a mountain. It's, it's the, the, the Lake District is full of valleys and peaks. Um, so there's high places and very low places. And this is what it consists of. Just happens Scarfell Pike, which, which looks like something or nothing when you get up there really. It's very desolate. Um, it is just happens to be the highest point in what is just a series of other high points. The trick is with this, depending on time of year, you're going to do one of the peaks at some point in the dark because you're doing it in 24 hours and you've got three to climb. And because of the distances between them, and this is where 30, 40 years ago with the, with the road traffic, um, you could do it quicker because there just wasn't as much traffic. Whereas now you're going to get stuck in traffic somewhere. You, timing it right is not, is not easy. So I'm hitting Scarfell Pike in the dark. The problem with this is, Scarfell Pike is possibly the worst of the uh, the routes. Like Ben Nevis, like you can't really go wrong going up Ben Nevis, the main route. Snowdon, as long as the day's nice and there's other people, you're not going to go too far off. Even if you are just, you know, if you you're going to backtrack at some point and off you go. Scarfell Pike doesn't really. There is a path, but there isn't. So I get my head torch on. I'd not done any walking in the dark before. So here we go. Preparation. The reason I'm doing this is because I didn't think about it and I just went for it. And there is an absolute case in learning. This is also why I'm currently running the London Marathon. I'll talk about that in a different episode, but um, I entered the ballot without really thinking, expecting not to get in. And here I am now training for the London Marathon because I did get in. There is, this is a repeating feature of me doing things that I, I do things without thinking, without planning, and I just go for it. Um, this has not always worked out perfect, but it does mean that I try things that maybe I wouldn't ordinarily have tried. So I am doing this thing because I didn't plan it, because I just went for it. However, 
I'm also now wandering up Scarfell Pike in the dark with a head torch. I've never walked with a head torch before. Now, talking about peripheral vision, my, my headache's gone, peripheral vision's fine. I, I'm feeling actually pretty good now. Um, apparently, dropping your caffeine and nicotine intake for a period of time and your sugar intake actually helps your brain. Who knew? So, when you use a head torch in the pitch black, you don't have any peripheral vision. You have to, if you see if something's, you have to physically look at everything and you're reduced to this, this funnel, this funnel of light in front of you. So that took a bit of getting used to. So off I go. And I know there's somewhere I've got to, there's a little stream and I go the left-hand side of the stream and I know somewhere the path crosses the stream. Now, God forbid they put some actual posts or signage up to tell you where this is. It's not like it's a tourist attraction or anything. In the daylight, it's, uh, what I find out is this is actually a bit more straightforward. How, as it is, I'm just wandering up, and I realise at some point I'm no longer wandering up an actual path. I'm just walking over rocks, and you can't because it's dark. You can't see where the hell you're going. Like you can't even, in the distance. You just got no idea. So I see behind me there's some lights coming, um, and I'm thinking, well, these are other people doing three peaks because who else is going up Scarfell Pike at what's now like one or two o'clock in the morning? It's only people doing the three peaks. So I wander back down, I meet them. It's like, hi, hi, yeah. Um, turns out two of the main people uh, are a couple called Tony and Sarah. Now, on the face of it, this, this is not particularly, uh, there's no portent or omen here. However, my parents um, are, were uh, Tony and Sarah. So I took this as a good sign. So I said, oh, can I wander up with you? Yeah, of course you can wander up with us. Um, I then said, oh, do you know which way you're going? Because I thought this, there's like, there was like four or five of them. I thought one of them's going to know the way. They said, no, we haven't got a clue. Um, so we all got lost together. So we, we ended up crossing the water at some point and we go up. Now, there's a couple of choices when you go up Scarfell Pike from Wasdale Head. You can go up the, the main path, which we sort of runs to the left and goes over what, what you would call like a boulder field, really. Um, there is a path that runs through it. Um, or there's a there's a the quicker route, which is called Mickledore, if I remember correctly. And there is a scree slope, a steep scree slope, and you can see like there's a there's a V when you're heading for the bottom of the V up the scree slope. Um, now, the only thing I can work out in the pitch black is because it was a, it was a clear night. I can see the V of Mickledore. And I, I remember this because it looked really interesting and I'd seen pictures of people going up it in the snow. Thankfully, there was no snow. Um, so I remembered this V, this V in the, in, the, in the skyline. And I was like, that's Mickledore. And they were like, what's Mickledore? Obviously, I'd read more than them, it turned out. And I explained. So we thought, well, that's the way up then. Um, so in the pitch black, having very little experience of this, we all scrambled up um, this scree slope. It wasn't very safe. It wasn't very well planned. It was very slippy um, and it was uncomfortable. However, eventually we managed to get up it and up through this V, by which point the sun is actually coming up and we've got some light. And there we were on the top. Um, I probably ate some more flapjack to celebrate. Well, a flapjack in a bit. The, and we find the, the trig point, which, which I think I thought was probably the highest point, whether it was or not. I honestly have no idea. So... I'm feeling pretty good now. Um, what really um, completed that experience was the, it was five, I remember it being about like 20 past five in the morning. It was something like this. The sun's just coming up. Like I said, up in the Lake District is a series of, of peaks and valleys, sort of highs and lows. 
and you look out from Scarfell Pike, what is that we're the highest of a series of high points. And all you can see around you is these valleys, these dips, these huge dips and then high points. Because of the time of the morning, and it was a beautiful, it was a clear morning with the sun coming up with this red tinge to everything. And in the valleys, there's this mist that's rising up. So you've got almost like, they look like a series of cloud lakes all around you as the sun's coming up. And it was honestly one of the most, I took a picture, but it was an old phone. So it's, you know, this was 12 years ago. So it, it's not the best. I'll have to dig it out and put it on something somewhere. And I'll put a link to it if I do. It was the most beautiful thing, probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So 20 past five in the morning, a little bit brain dead from being up for uh, almost 24 hours now, at least 20. Well, no, I probably was getting on 24 hours now. Um, and I just saw this fantastic sight. It lifted my spirits and it lifted my soul and just it made it worthwhile getting to that point. And it was fantastic. So. Um, I decided to go down the, the normal route because I can see the path now. So go on down. Uh, I, as is my want, I, um, I took the wrong route at one point and went down into a different valley and then had to, to trek back up and go on down. So I'm, my body's getting a bit tired by this point, but I'm, I'm feeling uh, averagely okay. Eventually get back to the car and, and off I go because I'm still trying to do this 24-hour thing. And I go up through, uh, go up towards Scotland and I cross over into Scotland. And this is quite a, an important milestone in my head because now I'm in Scotland. So the problem is, or even though I'm very aware of how, uh, what the GPS says, and I'm very aware of when I've looked at these routes before, in my head, I'm almost at Ben Nevis. Now, Ben Nevis is just outside somewhere called Fort William. Um, Fort William and Ben Nevis are not near the border of Scotland and England. It is miles and miles and miles and hours of driving past it. Um, but in my adult 24 hours awake brain, I'm thinking, well, I'm nearly there. Um, and then I get to uh, Glasgow, or just about Glasgow. It was just before. And I'm thinking, and I, it sets in, I've got a long way to go. And the tiredness, and it's now mid-morning, and I'm I'm experiencing severe exhaustion and tiredness now. Um, I'm really, really sleepy. So um, my original plan, which was ridiculous, was to go and do Ben Nevis, and after Ben Nevis, drive back to uh, Cumbria to stay with friends, uh, family friends, which I don't know how I even thought that was gonna be possible, but in my head, it, it made sense. I realized that that is not happening. In fact, at this point, I'm again, like I was on the way to Scarfell Pike, thinking this is it, I can't, I'm not doing this. So I pull into a, uh, some sort of travel lodge, Premier Inn type place, and they were able to get me into a room a bit early, so about 11 o'clock this was. And so I booked into a room, so I thought this is where, and I just, and I actually went up and uh, put some stuff up there, some uh, about change of clothes and whatnot. And I just laid on the bed and, and thought, this is it, I'm just gonna go to sleep and then I'll, I'll maybe go home when I wake up. Couldn't sleep. I was uh, buzzing, my head was spinning, I was all over the place. Um, and again, you know, complete lack of planning here. I've literally just stumbled across, um, stumbled across somewhere, um, hoping for the best, really. I wasn't even hoping for the best. There wasn't even a plan that far. I just, I just figured I'd just work it out as I went, which so far I did. So I can't really say I was wrong in this. So I lie there feeling absolutely awful. So I don't think I cried, but I was definitely close. And I was just so physically exhausted, mentally exhausted, but my brain's twirling around thinking I've, I've failed. I haven't done the thing and no one else cared. Honestly, 
No one else knows what I'm doing or what I've done or what I've been through or how I'm feeling. No one else cares if I don't do it. I'm going to go home and they'll go, oh, do you have a good time? And I'm going to be like, I failed. Um, and they, they won't care. They'll tell me it's fine because they don't really understand what I'm doing. And why would they? Because to be honest with you, I don't really understand what I'm doing. And I didn't really understand when the guy in the pub a week and a half earlier had told me about this thing that I had decided at some point during that conversation I was going to go and do. So after about half an hour of trying to sleep, um, completely failing because my head was just spinning, I go back to the car, get in the car, and it really kind of like, well, I think I just decided I'm just going to do this thing, whatever, I'm just going to do this thing. It wasn't any great, there was no like, yeah, way, let's do this, um, which is probably what I'd have been like had someone else been with me. I was like, come on, we can do it. I was just like, right, I'm here, I've got the car. I'm in Scotland, like there is a plan. The plan, as much as there was one, was to go and do these, that I've done two, and the plan was to go and do Ben Nevis. The plan never got any further in the planning than this is what you're gonna do, Dan. So let's just go and stick to the plan. So get the GPS going again, and off I go. And it takes freaking forever. Um, we went by, what's that big lake? Um, is it Loch Lomond? I think it's Loch Lomond and it's and that just goes forever like I'm just driving around and that's just one of the lakes you drive by it's um it's just huge so eventually I think if I remember correctly because it was still daylight it was about 4 4 30 um now on Monday um I must have taken a couple of days off work because there's no way no way I'll pack for Tuesday um so I got back, maybe it was Sunday, honestly, I don't know, but it was the second day anyway, whatever day it was, I got up to, um, got up to Fort William, 4.30, I'm heading off. Um, and there's, um, and there's, there's some people still trekking up, but heading, heading up there at 4.30 isn't the best idea, because we're talking about a four or five hour, you know, up and down, really. But off I go. Ben Nevis is the, it's, it's not the easiest. Physically, it's probably the hardest, but it's the most straightforward to climb if you go on the normal route because A, there's crap loads of other people doing it and B, it's a very straightforward route. Okay, so you just, all you've got to do, one foot, and that's what I kept saying to myself, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And at this point, my body's feeling okay. Um, I've had some sort of sustenance. I've got water with me. Off I go. So I head on up. After about half an hour, um, for some reason I look back down at the car park and there's this little niggle and I go, I don't think I bought a parking ticket. And I, well, no, I, don't, I didn't buy a parking ticket. And I'm like, there was definitely a parking machine. So at this point also, I'm not walking back down there having already gone half an hour up. So I just go, bugger it, I'll just pay the fine. I'll forget to tell you, but I didn't get a fine. There was a parking machine. I should have bought a ticket, didn't get a fine, thankfully. Um, although I really wouldn't have cared had I got a fine, to be honest, with the condition I was in when I got back down. So I head on up. I get probably, because I'm my legs are pretty more tired than I realised, so I'm struggling here. And this, it sounds like I had an awful time, but actually I loved it, absolutely loved it. I look back and it was brilliant. I would recommend it to anyone. And all you've got to do is one foot in front of the other. So I got what I thought was, I thought I was getting pretty close to the top. And it's, the trouble is it gets misty. I've only been up there twice and it's been misty and foggy both times. 
so I never saw anything really but it's great it gets misty so you don't really get any impression about how far you have to go and so a couple of hours later someone's well, one of the people were coming back down because by this point there's a lot more people coming down than there is going up and um, this guy he goes oh you go to the top and I went yeah he said, said you've got at least another two hours to go. It's not what you want to hear when you're exhausted and you've been up for 36 hours that you've got another two hours of climbing to go. Um, because by this point, my knees are going a bit. So I carry on. There's fewer and fewer people. It's getting later and later. Um, when I did it with friends more recently, I think we, I think we got up there in a two and a half hour. We, we shot up there. Ended up being a problem because I wrecked my knees, especially when we ran back down. But we did really well. This one, I don't know, it just, it just took ages. It didn't take me another two hours to get to the top, but it felt like it. Um, so at this point, I've been up for, like I said, probably... Um, uh, so 24 hours would have taken me to like 6 o'clock that morning. We're now at least another 12 hours on. So yeah, 36 hours. Um, my brain is not really playing ball. Um, thankfully I don't get another migraine or not as such. However, I started hallucinating, which was <laughs> brilliant. I never had this before. I didn't, I'm aware that lack of sleep can make you hallucinate, but there was, um, so I'm, I'm wandering around this particular bit and I'm like, <laughs> and there was, um, I swear there was a rotary washing line with laundry on it next to me. Anyway, so it disappeared, thankfully. Then there was this chap there. And, and I realised he, um, he was quite tall and he had basketball kit on. Basket, yeah, he had a basketball kit on. And he was a basketball player up there with all his gear on. Really tall chap. Um, wandering down the um, Ben Nevis. Anyway, obviously I clearly, this caught my eye. So I looked, he wasn't there. There was no basketball player. And um, that did freak me out slightly, I must admit. Hallucinating while you're going up a mountain is, is possibly not the most reassuring thing that can happen to you. But carried on. Got to the top. Took a photo, had phone reception, and I had some uh, flapjack. Now, the flapjack. So, I have been fueling. Now, this is not the way to fuel a trip. So, nicotine, caffeine, energy drinks, sugar, uh, sausage rolls, fat, and flapjack. The flapjack was probably probably the best thing I had taken with me and really I didn't need to take all the other stuff and just should have had water really and maybe something for electrolytes but I didn't know anything about electrolytes at that time so the flapjack comes from my mum always made flapjack sometimes it was a bit harder than other times but I think the flapjack was some that mum had made for me as she had when I went to Dartmoor and in wild camped on Dartmoor that's on one of the other episodes if you want to check out on Spotify Audible Amazon Music etc etc um and it's great because it's full of, uh, you've got golden syrup in there. So you've got sugar. So you've got immediate energy. You've got the oats. So you've got some long-term, more complex carbohydrates. Um, and then if you've got a bit of fruit or something shoved in there, you've got some vitamin C and that kind of thing. It's just, it's, it's, and, it's and it's solid. So you're going to get like bang for buck calorie-wise. It's awesome. It really is. So I had a bit of flapjack to celebrate at the top. Very exciting, I know. Took a photo. Again, it's somewhere. I'll put it somewhere if I find it. Would it be great if I was good enough to like edit the photos in this and go, and here's me. But I can't do that. Um, so then I head back down. And again, I'm, my brain is just addled by this point. Also, I realised that I've um, lost some of my peripheral vision again. 
So this time, this it hasn't really happened since too much, but the it was the bottom. Now, again, this is a problem because we've got some quite big steps um, coming down Ben Nevis and I can't see them coming because I, you don't realise, you do not realise how much you rely on your peripheral vision to, to see what's coming up. You'd really, it is astonishing. So about half the trip down, I've lost it. Um, I find a stick from somewhere. I don't know where that stick came from. Now, the reason I, I used the stick, I don't know how where I found it, but the reason I used it was because my knees gave up the ghost. Um, they, not just the ghost, they just gave up. Um, I was not able to, and this happened, this has happened a few times, my knees have played up on me, but this was the worst because I couldn't bend my knees. Like, you know, when you step off a step and you have to bend your knee to not happen in both of them, just they both went, <laughs> no, we, no, 36 hours, you've asked way too much of us. Um, you, why did you think we would just carry on doing this for you? We, we, we are on strike. So what I was doing was doing this weird, using the big stick, um, this weird straight, it was like a Gandalf stick, this weird straight legged, I would have to kind of fall off each step and I'd have to go diagonally sometimes because there wasn't enough room to go forwards. It was awful. Um, but the other option was to admit that I was so physically incapable I couldn't get off Ben Nevis. And even though I knew it was a damn long way, I wasn't going to ask someone to help. And I was absolutely not getting rescued off a mountain, especially not Ben Nevis, because it's a really easy path, relatively speaking. It wasn't easy, obviously, because I screwed myself. So it got to, eventually, I got down. Woo! Um, I don't know what time it was, eight, nine o'clock. It must have been close to nine, nine 9.30, I think. So I set out at seven o'clock the day before. So I've been up since six. I started Scarfell Pike, I think in my head, it, I always remember it as being about 20 past three or something like that, half three. And 24 hours later, plus three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So 30 hours. I think I was just shy when I did it from start to coming down. Forget touching water, that was never going to happen. Just shy of 30 hours. And the key thing there was I did it. Now, I've been awake, you know, 30 hours, hang on a second, yeah, 30 hours plus the time, whatever time it was, uh, see my brain's not working even now, so I've been awake a long time, a long time, <laughs> 40 odd hours, and I put in all this physical effort, and this has been a reoccurring theme, and this is something that I've learned about me. The idea of doing something excites me. The reason why I jump in and do stuff without thinking about it is because it excites me. Then doing it. Now, awful migraines, absolutely exhausted. My knees were screwed. I was hallucinating. And I really did love it. I, I, I absolutely loved putting myself through. It's awful, isn't it? That suffering to do it. The thing I enjoyed was the 30, the 30 hours of, of, of suffering, of doing it. That's what I enjoyed. When I got back to the car, I just felt deflated. I didn't feel like I'd achieved it. Talking to you about it now, the bit that I get excited and emotional talking about is the doing it. 
the end, the achievement in itself, I just, I don't really care. It's, it's like, what's next? Um, so that's been something for me. And it's, it's when, uh, with the, which I'll talk about more again at some point, but the training for the marathon, I'm very short-term goal, very short-term goal. And then eventually I'll be able to do the marathon. Great. But I, I play it pretty much week by week. That's, that's how I, and that's what keeps me motivated and going. And this was the same. If I had had to plan it and it was just me doing it six months in advance, do training for it, especially back then. Now I think I would have a better idea how to manage the way my brain works. But back then I would have just got bored. I would have just, and I, I, I didn't even know whether I would have done it. I would just at some point be like, oh, I can't be bothered. So for me, doing something at short notice without planning, it makes me do it. However, it also left me ridiculously vulnerable. And then even more so because now... I'm driving back in the rain and the dark from Fort William to just south of Glasgow, which is hours to get to this, this hotel. I did almost think about stopping somewhere else, but to be honest, I just didn't see anywhere. So I just kept going and off I went. Ta-da, eventually. Now, the drive back, this was awful. Um, I decided I was exhausted, like proper, proper exhausted. So when I started hallucinating while driving, I decided I better have a little rest. So what I saw was there was a badger ran out in front of me. Um, and so I, I slammed on the brakes. Now, what was weird then was this badger um, turned, it not turned into, I realised it was an albino badger. Have you ever seen an albino badger? No? Interesting. Then this albino badger got really long. And I was like, oh, that's, it just, but it did, it, it just seemed a bit weird. Like, I was like, oh, that's weird. This albino, this albino badger that ran out in front of me that I've just braked for is getting really long. Turned out it wasn't an albino badger, much to your shock and horror. It was just a white arrow on the road saying, get in, don't overtake here. So at that point, I thought, shit, Dan, you need to pull over. So I pulled over in a lay-by tried to get some sleep in the dark um, and I'm trying to do the, the rest thing, the rest thing, the rest thing but I'm also buzzing and my head's all over the place. I probably had some more Red Bull by this point because that was a good idea <laughs> and there was, um, I was looking ahead. Now it was pouring with rain, this is like midnight now um, and I'm looking and in the dark, I'm th there's a guy, there's a guy there in the dark, out in the rain and he's painting the sign. He's painting the road sign at midnight in the pouring rain. And I thought, oh, I don't... And I remember this weird thought process, thinking, if I turn my lights on, I'll know if he's there. But then he's going to be like, why is that guy turning his lights on? It doesn't make any sense. It made no sense. So I was like, I can't turn my lights on because he'll think I'm weird. He'll think I'm weird. The man who's painting a sign at midnight in the pouring rain will think I'm weird for turning my lights on when I'm in a car. Anyway... So after about five minutes of, of arguing with myself, I turned my lights on. Um, again, much to your surprise, I'm sure, there was nobody there. Um, however, for somehow this, this brief respite had, um, had seemed to, to settle my brain down enough. Um, and I took this very leisurely uh, rest of the drive back. And I got back and I fell onto the bed, um, having just about got my boots off, and I passed out. And I was dead to the world. <laughs> I think I woke up about nine o'clock the next morning. Um, so I hadn't had that much sleep, but I'd, I'd had enough. My legs were, were what's the polite word? Um, they were really rather stiff. Um, they had seized up 
which then having to drive back from Scotland to Dorset, which is, you know, sort of, which were the whole length of England, was not the best. Um, it was an interesting drive. I, I was almost out of petrol and it turned out, which I hadn't really, because I don't plan these things. I was pretty much out of money in my bank account because that's how I roll. <laughs> so, um, internet banking wasn't so great 12 years ago. Anyway, so I was able to eke out my petrol um, to get me back. And I was a bit of a state after that, to be fair. But I'd done what I set out to do. So what I would say with that is, so then we've got the reflection bit. So doing a challenge like that is, is phenomenal. Do it as a group. I did it later as a group. It was, it was just as much of a physical challenge, but it was a lot safer. Also, doing it as a group, we did more planning. Fantastic. It honestly, it, it, do it as a group. Going off and doing it on my own was, was part of, of, of who I am and the way my brain works sometimes, but you need to plan at least a little bit for contingencies, and that's what I hadn't done. Now, in my head, I was just going to work this out at the time, and I did. I did it wasn't, no, I said that. It wasn't even I was going to work it out at the time because I hadn't even thought that far, but I did. I just worked it out as I went. And it's nice to know that I can do that and that that worked. But honestly, there are so many places that could have gone wrong. Flapjack was a great idea. Energy drinks, nicotine and sausage rolls were a terrible idea. Uh, sandwiches, sandwiches, fruits, electrolytes, flapjack. Those are brilliant. Water, lots of water. Those are the, those are the things I should have been having. And one day... I might do it again because the, the last, I've, the, twice I've done it now. First time I didn't get it in 24 hours, 30. Second time, my knees were destroyed running down, jogging down Ben Nevis. And by the time I got to Snowdon, um, they, were, they gave up the ghost about 40 minutes from the peak in awful weather. And I just thought I've got to turn around. So one day I will do this again. So physically, I'm hoping my body's pretty good at the moment with the whole marathon training. So maybe next year, maybe, we'll see. Um, if you fancy a challenge and you're in the UK somewhere, Three Peaks Challenge is definitely worth doing. Definitely. Just plan a little bit better than I did. That's definitely my advice there. And that's my take. That's my learning from this. Is just, I'm not someone who can plan in minute detail, but do it with people who can. And if you are doing it just on your own, which don't do that because it's really not safe, um, just plan a bit. Okay. It really is important. So there you go. That was, uh, that was this episode. I really hope this has recorded um, and uh, I'll find out in a minute. So please join me next time on Dan Moves, Eats and Learns podcast. Um, again, if you want just the audio version, head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, etc. And if you want to see my regular updates on the marathon running, then please head over to Instagram at Dan Runs London Marathon. That's Dan Runs London Marathon on Instagram. And um, if you could do like the subscribe thing, then you'll be there and maybe notified. How does this all work? Because um, I hear other people say that when, uh, when I pop the next episode up. So thank you for listening to episode three. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I really hope that you are having a good day and that the rest of your day is fantastic. All right. Take care of yourself and bye for now.